0: Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Glad to have you hanging out on this Wednesday afternoon. Got a lot to dive into today. Going to talk some Georgia-Alabama. Going to talk about the quarterback room for the University of Georgia. I want to talk some playoff expansion as well. But I want to I start with that second subject there. This is a headline From our good friends over at UGA Wire, which is the USA Today Georgia fan site. Former five-star Oklahoma transfer, Caleb Williams, reportedly eyeing Georgia football. Now, the original tweet is from Blake Brockermeyer from CBS Sports. Uh, He says, hearing from multiple sources, Georgia is the top landing spot unless, and this is 2022 for you, unless they get outbid will be ripple effect at Georgia like Ohio State if it happens that obviously referring to the Quinn Ewers transfer right like there's going to be if Caleb Williams transfers from Georgia there's going to be some dudes transferring out but so Oklahoma will get a dude great opportunity to shine under Jeff Levy Ole Miss same under Lane Kiffin so basically saying both of those schools are going to get some transfer quarterbacks in as well I mean Oklahoma already has with Dylan Gabriel Mm -hmm. there but I want to start with that Caleb Williams I think inarguably the top freshman in college football, hits the transfer portal, and then not a day later the news comes out that Georgia is apparently the top landing spot because of a potential NIL deal that's already in place that could rival Bryce Young, what he got, where the whole storyline, SEC media days this year was wild because there was plenty of things to talk about. And there were there, there was a book's worth of storylines, and then Oklahoma and Texas right. decided to join. But one of the biggest storylines prior to that was the fact that Bryce Young had a seven-figure endorsement deal before he had ever taken a snap as Alabama's starting quarterback. <laughs> like, Lane Kiffin was, like, visually stunned. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody asked him a question. I, I wish I remember which reporter it was, but asked him a question, and Lane Kiffin just kind of looked at him. He goes... No, but for real, like, so Bryce Young is getting a million dollars before he ever takes (laughs) his snap. Stop messing with me. It was was, was a huge storyline throughout SEC media days, and then obviously OU and Texas join, but the fact that we're at where we are now, where you get a free transfer and NIL deals, this is going to become more and more prevalent throughout college football, but obviously extremely relevant because it's the University of Georgia, and... And savannah we're the home of the University of georgia so right. uh i want to start there number one p you f your're Georgia, and Caleb Williams wants to come here and you're looking at your quarterback room are you are you taking
1: him I mean, it's hard to say no and it's not because you're not confident in in the quarterbacks you have it's not because you you don't like the room you have there at georgia it's it's what have we said? about Nick Saban and Alabama. It's the rich getting richer. And if there is any little spot that you can improve on in your football team and also make someone else worse, like that's that's one of the things I think you were spot on with a week or two ago. Like look at Alabama and who they're getting through the transfer portal. It's not only making them better, it's making the teams in their conference and and that they might face Worse because yeah, they're two losing two teams those They play guys. every
0: year. Tennessee and LSU, they went and took their best player in consecutive yeah. years.
1: Exactly. So if I mean if you can do that while, yes, Dylan Grave Gabriel and Oklahoma, they they got a guy for sure. If if they can do that, I mean, there's a good chance that Oklahoma that, that Oklahoma might make the college football playoff. So that gives, you know, Caleb Williams even more incentive not to go back there and to come to Georgia with us and I and a. And a N-I-L, NIL deal. Yeah, we just got right, past N-L-I's. NLIs. Yeah, NLIs just, were a couple yeah. weeks
0: ago was signing right. day, now we're to NILs, But kind of where I'm at with this, PJ, is if you're looking at this Georgia quarterback room, you already have Stetson Bennett, who is a win away from leading Georgia to a national championship for the first time since 1980. He has another year of eligibility. You have the presumptive starter from the beginning of this year, JT Daniels, who has another year or two of eligibility. I think he's technically only a junior right now and he would get the extra year because just because of the COVID rules. But that being said, you have JT Daniels, you have Brock Vandergrift, who is a five-star quarterback. Uh, that's a freshman this year. You have Gunnar Stockton, who's already on campus, who is a five-star and you have Carson Beck, who's a four-star from a couple of years ago. I mean, you have a pretty stacked quarterback room. Yeah. Is it one of those things where maybe Georgia's one of like, Two or three schools in the country that can say thanks but no thanks to Caleb Williams?
1: They could, and, and I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that or or be necessarily surprised at that. L- like you said, they have the room stacked already. And that's why I kinda you, you came to talk to me about this before the show and, and the first thing I did is kind of roll my ass. Like, really, like yeah, the top landing spot is is a team that already has five or six quarterbacks that could probably step in and, and win a couple games in the SEC if they were asked to, uh, you know, just with the talent they have. But uh, th- that's kind of where we are. And the thing that I can also see and and would support and and they already do have the talent in that room. Yes, they also do. You want to mess? with that chemistry that you might have in that room as well? Do you want to mess with the the kind of uh, bond that some of those guys might have? Because we've seen, yeah, they're, they're competitors and, and everyone wants to be the starting quarterback, but Stetson Bennett, we've seen him go to the sidelines and and, and start talking to JT Daniels. JT Daniels say, hey, what do you see there? Yeah. What, what could have you done better? Blah, blah, blah. You also might not want to mess that up and have one of those situations where you have three or four different guys transferring out of your quarterback room and and maybe coming back to beat you on a different team. Let's realistically look at that. So
0: say Caleb Williams does transfer to Georgia. I gotta think JT's obviously gone. Yeah. Right, if Caleb Williams transfers in.
1: If if he's not already.
0: I mean, what does Stetson do? Carson Beck's gone. And I would think Brock Vandegrift because they're the same year, is probably gone as well. Yeah. And so you would still have Gunnar Stockton right, on your team. And I think Caleb. He'd, he'd be there. Like, I, think, I think he stays, uh, but you'd have potentially just him and Caleb Williams. Right. And maybe a six-year Stetson Bennett. But a Stetson Bennett stay if you bring in the best freshman quarterback in college football. I mean, he's already, I guess, he's already quote-unquote slayed one five-star. Yeah, true. you do it again. Yeah. But then the other side of it is, the simple arithmetic, if you want to do the 30,000-foot view of this, is Kirby Smart's going to do whatever he can to make his football team as good as possible. Yep. And so if he looks at and says, I can bring in Caleb Williams and I think he makes my football team better, he's going to do it.
1: Exactly. And and that's what like what was my first point. It's just like any these these coaches and these teams, any little spectrum, like even if you feel like you're at 98% mm-hmm. with Stetson Bennett at quarterback or any of those other guys, if you can get to 99 or 100 with Caleb Williams, they're going to do that right. in, a, in a heartbeat. Uh, and that's how these teams, these programs get so dang good is they make those tough decisions and make those tough calls and they end up panning out right. And even if they don't pan out right, they have a backup plan in place as well so
0: it's interesting so kind of transitioning from that again the news Caleb Williams is obviously in the transfer portal multiple reports out there that Georgia is his top landing spot right now and I wonder like typically man when we see that much smoke around something yeah there's some kind of fire there right so maybe they're just waiting until after the national championship don't want to rock the boat I don't know and make no mistake about this (laughs) regardless of what happens in the national championship George's roster is about to, I don't want to say explode because that seems a little dramatic, but it is going to get shaken up a lot from dudes going to the pros to transfers to people coming in, right? I think you're about to see George's roster look drastically different going into next season, but I think one of the biggest question marks around George's roster is number 13, the guy who's going to be their starting quarterback going into the national championship game in Stetson Bennett. Number one, if we're just talking about the remainder of 2021 and this season, there is no way unless he gets hurt or he throws interceptions on the first four drives that Stetson Bennett in any way is worried about losing his job to JT Daniels inside this game. So I think we can go ahead and put that argument to rest. JT Daniels is the backup quarterback. He's not even the, Hey, you're going to get a series here and there guy anymore. This is Stetson Bennett's team and they're going to ride with him until the wheels fall off. So we're going to, we can preface this conversation by starting there. 2021 slash the 2022 national championship this is Stetson Bennett's team right what happens after this year because this goes one of two ways right Georgia wins or loses the national championship let's start with loses for all the good things Stetson Bennett has done and I'm a big fan of him and I think obviously Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart made the right choice riding with him if you lose to Alabama again regardless Mm -hmm. of whether or not it's Stetson Bennett's fault or not just like a head coach, a majority of the blame is going to fall on the quarterback. That would mean Stetson Bennett would have lost to Alabama three times in two years yep. as a starting quarterback, and the thing that sucks for him is that JT Daniels is standing on the sideline, so he's always going to be second-guessed, right? The question mark for Georgia fans is always going to be, if we had JT Daniels starting in Tuscaloosa, how differently does that game go, right? If we have Stetson Bennett, or excuse me, if we have JT Daniels playing in that game in the SEC Championship, how differently does that go, Right. We've already seen that, so yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah. If you we, if we have JT in there, how, how does that go? 41-24 yeah. was how it went with Stetson, right? If they lose again, 0-3, let's say this to you before the show, that tells you that Georgia with Stetson Bennett is better than 128 teams in college football. They're better. Yeah. Like, the team that everyone thought could potentially slay Georgia outside of uh, Alabama was Ohio State. They got slobber-knocked by Michigan, and Georgia just housed Michigan. Right? So Georgia with Stetson Bennett at the quarterback – has proven they're better than 128 teams in college football. Haven't proven that they're better than 129 yet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yet. So, if you lose this one, I think pretty clearly going into next year or the whole conversation this off season would be you got to make a change of quarterback. Right. Am I am I wrong there?
1: Or at least I I would say it at least has to be a very, very open I'm not, competition. I'm not
0: saying that's true. I, no, I'm I, saying the conversation I is think, going to be. Yeah. you're right there. You're right there. But you just proved you have to have an elite quarterback to win a national championship.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I think that very much would would be the conversation. People people would look at, you know, whether it's it's fair or not or right or not. Like you said, they would look at everything, all the talent, everything like that, and they would say, mm, "We don't feel like this is. We don't feel like this is where it should be." at the quarterback spot and that yeah. they would focus on that.
0: Now let me ask you this. Sure. This game goes the other way. The Georgia defense that has shown up for 13 out of 14 games shows up again. The one from the Orange Bowl shows up and they're able to actually tackle Bryce Young this time and Georgia wins this football game. They win their first national championship in 41 years and Stetson Bennett was the quarterback who led them there. He has another year of eligibility. Right. Does he ride off into the sunset after this and say, I'm going out on top. It doesn't get better than this. I just won a national championship for Georgia. Never going to have to pay for another beer for the rest of my life at any bar I go into. Can pretty much walk into any job I want for the most part in the state of Georgia just based off the connections. I made. I'm a kid from Blackshear who led Georgia to a national championship. Or does he deal with, and make no mistake about this, there is a vast portion of the Georgia fan base regardless of whether or not Stetson Bennett wins the national championship if he comes back the entire offseason conversation leading up to 2022 is going to be who's going to be the quarterback yeah which just seems nuts to say (laughs) yeah but it's going to be the conversation so if he wins the national championship I know the whole storyline he has a flip phone he doesn't hear the noise dude hears the noise Mm -hmm. he has to whether it's from him, whether it's from teammates talking to him, he hears the noise. You
1: walk outside. I don't, I don't you know hear if he noise. cares about it or like, not, yeah. but
0: he, he is aware of the conversations. Exactly. Does he subject himself to another season of that, with a possibility that he's standing on the sideline at some point?
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I. I. It's the option you display with the riding off into the sunset. Getting out there, like obviously, this was his his dream I mean, school. I'm, I'm not
0: going to fault any no, twenty something yeah. year old for saying I get to be a quarterback at the University of Georgia, we won a national championship. I'm going to take a year to just let that sink in in Athens. Exactly. Just I live, would fault right? absolutely no one. Yeah, you're the, you would be the king. Yeah, the king of Athens for a year.
1: Absolutely, and and that's it. The, like the the option you display like that seems so intriguing, and and seems like. Yeah, why not? You come back the next year and all there is is questions and for no reason. Like, look at what you just went out and proved. Even even if the defense leads the team to the national championship against Alabama, those other games where Stetson went out and made the plays, still people are questioning stuff. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll play devil's advocate on that. I, I don't know how many of the games that
1: Stetson Bennett
0: won were – They won because they have Stetson Bennett
1: solely. Like they've, they have been, they have been
0: team efforts for sure, right? Like they have been, and that's what makes them so good. Like Alabama won the SEC championship because they had Bryce Young.
1: Agreed. Like dude,
0: dude just like levitated above everyone, right? right? And just made unthinkable plays. They won because of Bryce Young. There's been play. There have been times where LSU won games because they had Joe Burrow. Auburn pretty much won every game in 2010 that they won because they had Cam Newton. Yeah, the whole right? season. For I, d- sure. I don't yeah. think Stetson Bennett. He's a he's an excellent college quarterback. I don't think he's that elevate your team kind of a quarterback. Right. And I'll I'll stick to that. And I know a lot of people I, get upset yeah. about that, but I just think it's the truth.
1: No, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I, I think he also didn't go out and, and lose those games, which uh, I, I think quarterbacks Correct. very much can can go out and do. But uh, I I say all that to to lead up to, like, all of that seems insanely intriguing if you win right off into the sunset. But as a guy who, who has gone out and, and fought tooth and nail to get that starting position and goes in, wins a national championship, and has one year of eligibility out there, I think it's just too intriguing to walk away from, basically. Like, the, the passion probably is is too high up and Riding on that momentum of, hey, why not we go get another one? How much of a legend would that make me? And m- maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just the love of the game and wanting to go out yeah, there. Yeah, like for I, one said, more I would year. fault
0: zero people on Earth for if they win the national championship as Georgia's quarterback, wanting to spend another year in Athens.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. But I'm just so like you. You add all that together, I think that's almost too hard to walk but away from. The, but Do yeah, so think
0: what's the, the most realistic possibility is if Georgia wins the national championship. The most realistic possibility is we get to. August of next year, yeah. and we're having these same conversations that yep. we have had all year this year is, yeah, he won the national championship, but...
1: But also, though, we've all been like... insert
0: you know, Is he better than insert quarterback?
1: Yeah, right. And that conversation very well will be there, as it was, but we've all been in, in our young 20s before, too, and think we can go out and take on the world, and how much... How oh, much these are-
0: these are all alphas. Like they're all like for, dudes for sure. out there who like, sets a minute doesn't get where he is without thinking he's a better quarterback than everyone he plays against.
1: Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So he, in his head, says, "I've already done that. I've already dealt with that. I can deal with that again, no problem." So he comes back. So I mean, that's 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 all I'm saying is, I feel like you add all those things together, and it's, and it's again, it's just too difficult to walk away from for him. But would I fault him at all for saying, "I've I've done all that I wanted to do"? I, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. And he just rides off from the sunset? No, not at all. That sounds amazing right right off at the top. I wouldn't fault him at all for that either.
0: I don't think it's ever that simple, though. It's, it's exactly. going to fascinating. Right? Uh, and again, all this after what comes up on Monday, Georgia, Alabama for the national championship. Georgia gets a chance at redemption. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about that game some, and then we'll look at the college football playoff. Two more blowouts in the semifinals. Is it worth it? Expanding to eight, twelve teams, or is it just always going to be the same? We got more to come here on second down. We'll be right back after this. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian GoKel, alongside PJ Zuko, here on this Wednesday afternoon. Got a big show coming up for you today on Three and Out. The guys we're talking about, Stetson, been in the last segment. We'll catch up with his former head coach and former head coach of Georgia's right tackle, Warren McClendon, Sean Pender. Brunswick High, head football coach, formerly the head coach out there at Pierce County, when Stetson Bennett was just tearing it up. He had, he I mean, PJ, you are a high school football guy. Yeah. He had some great matchups against another Georgia legend, Richard LeCount. Absolutely. Back in the day, Liberty County versus Pierce County. So we'll catch up with Sean Pender coming up in the 4 o'clock hour here. Get his thoughts on his quarterback leading his team to the national yeah. championship. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> how cool it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the mic said, peace. <laughs> See you, man. I'm done. I really
0: just said, I'm done for the day. Thank you. Uh, no, how cool it is that not only is he watching his quarterback, but he's also watching uh, one of his <laughs> former tackles. My my microphone just decided to give up for the day. It's so keeps, done, man. just keeps leaning away to the right. Oh, but you have Warren McClendon, who Sean Fender also coached, uh, blocking for Stetson Bennett. So we'll catch you with Sean Fender, talk to him about that. But I want to talk to you about the college football playoff. There, we still have no decision Yet as to whether or not it's going to expand and if it expands, what it's going to look like. It, it, we, we thought it was a done deal, 12 teams, and we were going to work our way from there. Uh, potentially some bye weeks for the top four. I, I think everyone was genuinely happy with what we were looking at because it was going to be first round buys for four. And then what six? the top six conference champions would get guaranteed bids. Right? So you'd have 12 teams, six at large, six guaranteed bids for the top six conference champs. And what everybody was excited about was that means a guaranteed spot for a G5 champ, maybe even more than one, right? So everyone's super excited about that. It kind of, you know, gave like an elbow to the chest of Notre Dame because they can't win a conference championship. Does that force them to do it? So now we're just kind of sitting here waiting to hear what they do. But the people who are the anti expansionist, I love this because it sounds like politics from like the 1930s so true the anti-expansionists out there who don't want to see it expand anymore are having a field day because you had two more semifinals and two more blowouts Uh, and i'm trying to think of the closest semifinals just off the top of my head but like the closest semifinals obviously go back to georgia oklahoma uh in january 1st 2018 i mean outside of uh you had the I forget which bowl game he was in. Was it Fiesta Bowl? But it was uh, Clemson Ohio State. That yeah. one was super close for Trevor Lawrence. Broke off like the eighty-yard run.
1: Right. But I mean, the they, vast uh, majority controversial. Now, I, there there were some other games I'd I'd say that were more exciting than than we remember that like turned into blowouts. I say so, like even I'd say that game last week with with Alabama and Cincinnati. Did did I ever think like unless something changed unless Cincinnati made a big play that. Like going out of the third quarter that Alabama was going to lose, Nah, probably not, but there was still the possibility. Like it was still close enough to be kind of. It was as close
0: like, as Nick Saban wanted it to be.
1: Sure. Like I'm,
0: not, am I, I'm not saying he wanted it to be a close game. No, but what happened is they came out and I think on the first drive they had 11 out of the 12 plays on the first drive were run plays, and they went right down the field. And then the only play that was a throw was the touchdown. So that game was as close as Alabama wanted it to be. They just decided, you know what, Cincinnati has two amazing corners. This is what we talked about last week. If Alabama decided they just wanted to run the football, yeah, just Cincinnati the didn't stand a chance. But then what I thought was funny, and now we're off on a different tangent, uh, they interviewed <laughs> some of the players since then from Cincinnati, and they said, man, we didn't expect them to run the ball that much. The hell are
1: you talking about? Yeah, well, why not?
0: Why wouldn't, that is, yeah. If that's true if like all week your coaches were telling you they're going to come out here and they're going to try to throw the ball 40 times without like the plan being we're going to dictate that they have to throw it 40 times by putting yeah. eight guys in the box like we did against Georgia in the Peach Bowl if that's not the case and you were just like the coach is like what who is this Brian Robinson guy oh my gosh he's former five star Alabama's like, running the football like if that if that's the case that is just that's coaching a, yeah. yeah that's just that's just that's bad right just, that's the simplest way i can put it it's a big that's, fault just, in coaching, that's just that's just bad sure. but now, that was a blowout in every sense of the word. Cincinnati never even sniffed the end zone.
1: All right. Um, and then you had, I think I, it was either the first or, or the second year, you had Clemson and Oklahoma, which was pretty fun for, for a few quarters, and then Clemson ultimately ended up running but away But I guess with my it. point but is, like,
0: the fact that the actual close games stand out
1: Yeah, understandable.
0: is the reason why the anti-expansionists are looking at this year and saying, why do we need – why do we need – more than four, why do we even need four right? Because for most it. years it's there's usually a pretty clear number one team like and so there's there's some years like this year where there's pretty clear two, but for the most part yeah. there's just like two thousand and nineteen everyone in the world knew it was lSU mm-hmm. like we kind of talked ourselves into Clemson standing a chance, but we just kind of knew watching they didn 't really stand a chance, right so for the most part, yeah. and a lot of times it's Alabama, but for the most part. <laughs> For the most part, it's you, you pretty much know who number one or number two are. I'll say this. The Fiesta Bowl was an awesome game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Imagine if it had stakes. Yeah. Behind it, right? Yeah. Like a ma- uh, the Peach Bowl. Awesome game. Were either of those two teams even close to being top four teams? Probably not. Right. Pitt and Michigan State? Probably not. They both had fatal flaws. They weren't elite by any measure, but it was an awesome game. And if it had stakes behind it, that would make it even better. So I guess if it just if depends that stakes
1: behind it. We'd yeah. see all the players. In well, It's true. You know? <laughs> but I just,
0: I guess, I guess it just depends on what you want to see out of it. If your goal is parity, that's not going to happen just because the way college football is structured. We talked about this yesterday, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, A&M now, and Ohio state pretty much divvy up the best 50 to hundred players in the country. And then everybody else gets everyone else. Right. I mean, you obviously have, and I mean, Jackson state, kind of elbowing their way into the table. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you you do have some guys that fall through. But for the most part, it's Georgia, Alabama. Not even really Clemson, but like Georgia, Alabama, Texas, A&M, and Ohio State just kind of split up the best players. So long as that's the case, that's what it's going to look like. And I thought Matt Berry made a really good point about this. If you are a fan of a football team or if you're a college football analyst and you're complaining about that, don't blame Georgia and Alabama or the college football selection committee blame the other 128 teams. Yeah. They need to get better. At what? Recruiting number one. Yeah. Make it more enticing for these mutants that Georgia and Alabama get to go to their schools. I mean, Michigan had really good players. They they won the award for best offensive line in college football mm-hmm. and then they ran up against what Georgia recruits. Yeah. And they couldn't move. Right, Right. so until you can start stealing some of those players away, until somebody can come take a Jalen Carter away from Georgia or a Phil Mathis away from Alabama, you're going to get this. Because football is still a pretty simple sport, right? If I can dominate you with a line of scrimmage, there's a 90% chance I'm going to win. Yep. And so until you can take that away, this is what it's going to look like. I don't care if you go to a 60-14 playoff.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I I would agree with you there uh, big time. But I I, I do... <sighs> I don't know. To me there's 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 at very least more possibility with the more teams. And do I think that if if you automatically expand it to, to eight or twelve, are those teams gonna start losing and falling left and right, the, the Alabamas, the LSU from two thousand nineteen, the the Georgia and Alabama from this year? No, not necessarily. But we at least get to see a chance of okay. You didn't think Cincinnati was a top-four team, whatever. Let's see Ohio State at at their best and see if they can match up. Let's see Utah maybe at their best and see if they can match up. And if they can't, they can't, but at least they got to settle it on the field. I I think that's always been my argument It's just having the possibility. And we've seen it some, some years as well. I mean, I don't think there was a very big debate this year, but... I don't think there were just four teams obviously that, that set themselves apart and had to be the top four. I, I think really kind of like three through eight maybe even ten were pretty interchangeable on any given Saturday. So that's kind of my argument for the expansion. Will we see some blowouts? Sure. but we'll,
0: How's that any different than what we already see?
1: Yeah and, and, and that's fine. I, I mean I don't...
0: Well here's what I'll say to this because you, you brought up the parity point. I think What a lot of people bring up is they say, look at the upsets you see in the NCAA tournament, right? Like people always say, it's like you you see these 15 seeds beat two seeds all the time. Football's a different sport.
1: Very different, yep. You can have
0: one guy, like a Steph Curry for Dayton, right? You can have one guy, and that can put you over the top with some of these elite teams that have plenty of five stars, right? So you can have just that one dude. Football, it's about depth. Mm -hmm. Like Cincinnati, if we're being honest... You could put their starting 22 up against pretty much everybody in the country except Georgia and Alabama. Agreed. Like, just, just their starting 22. What happens is depth. Yeah. And just football is a completely different sport from basketball. And so it's just you're, what you would see is that first round, maybe, like, if you do 12, I guess, like, in the – I'm like, I'm now trying to do the matchups. What, what would it be, 5-6 or 4-3s? Like, the matchups that you would see – or it would be be yeah. four or fives, four or five. Like the four or five matchups, you'd probably see some super close games. But when you saw the what, threes taking on twelve or something like that, it, it would be probably twenty, thirty point games.
1: Yeah. So it'd certainly be a higher possibility and then, yeah, uh, for
0: sure. More likely than not, number one and number two would eviscerate everybody and meet
1: up again. Right. So well, just, especially if it was this year, yeah.
0: So it just is what it is. Like it's just if you want to expand the playoffs and give more teams a chance to play in it and make it a cool made for T V event, that's exactly absolutely what it's going to be. Will some team go on a Cinderella one, run and win a national championship? No. Probably Because that's not, just yeah. not how college football works. Right. Now the question that the anti-expansion put out there is, does it make the regular season less valuable? I don't think with the four the way it is now, I don't think expanding to 12 makes it any less valuable.
1: No, uh, not, not necessarily. Yeah, no. I
0: mean you'd have the conference championship guarantee <clears throat> and I just, I, I don't think it makes it any less valuable than what it is now.
1: No, I think as soon
0: as you brought it to four, you kind of took that away.
1: Yeah, and that's what that's what's frustrating to me is that it, when they say less valuable and, and they go to these extremes of like, well, you can have a seven and five or a six and six team, and it's like that's no, this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. You
0: would still have to win ten to eleven games, right,
1: to, to make be, the college the, be in playoff. the conversation. Yeah, yeah exactly. So,
0: but I, I, I think the thing I that kind of gets taken away, which we we've seen already, is the SEC championship used to be a national quarterfinal, right. Or it used to be a national semifinal a lot of years. Yeah. But even in the beginning of the playoffs, it was a national quarterfinal. But this year, it didn't really matter. Yeah. All it did was get Alabama in, and the team that lost wasn't eliminated.
1: But I, I think that's also kind of taking away. Like, people, people are like, well, that's, but that's a fault in the system and things like that. Why isn't that just a, a – uh, man, the, the word slipped my mind. This is like the second day in a row. Why isn't that just like a, a commendation for, for Alabama and Georgia and how good they were? You know why, why can't we we just say it man that that is a cherry on top for them because of how good they were and a tip of the cap yeah not just because of it's a 14 playoff not just because of how the numbers worked out if Alabama and Georgia weren't that good that CC championship game would have been a whole lot more important yeah because whoever won would have got in but they were just that good this year it I, is what it yeah. is
0: I think I think if you want to say you can't really decide between 4 through 10 or 6 through 12. So you just have to go ahead and make it a 12-team playoff, and that's how you want to do it. It's fine. Just miss me with the parity because there's not going to be parity. The, the, the difference, go back and look at any season and tell me the difference between the team who finished number 1 and the team who finished number 11, and it is a massive
1: gap. Yeah.
0: Massive. So you can miss me with the parity argument, but if you just want to see a lot more college football playoff and you want to see more college football, you will never hear me argue about that. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second down on ESPN Radio is, of course, presented to you by the Uniform Source, Georgia, Alabama, coming up on Monday. The guys from three and out will be at Coach's Corner Monday night, getting you ready for the game. Coach's Corner, of course, the perfect place to catch all your sports action in Savannah. PJ, I have a theoretical question for you. I feel like this is the second day in a row I've done this to you. I'm sorry.
1: Interesting. No, I, I kind of I hate like making you think it work. Well, I do it a lot, so just—it's just back there in the office alone. Ah, uh, <laughs> so you—you you don't want to know those ones, anyway. What's the so? What's the good question? So there is this ongoing storyline with Georgia,
0: Alabama—that Alabama lives rent-free inside of Georgia's head. I can hear that argument when it comes to coaches. Curious what your thoughts are with that when it comes to players, right? Because. Look at Georgia's roster, and it's made up of mostly 18 to 21, 22-year-olds, right? So when you start going back and you're like, I mean, look at the blackout game. What, what, what Alabama did to Georgia in that blackout game, that was a long
1: time ago. Yeah.
0: That was like 13 years ago, mm-hmm. right? That was, that was a very long time ago. A majority of these kids were in elementary school. Yep. When that happened, right? I don't think many of them were sitting down and going, Wow. Nick Saban just owned Mark Richt and the black jerseys and the Scott Cochran comment and all that. Like, I don't think they're overly concerned about that, right? So h- how big do you think that is when it comes to a college kid, the this school owns this school kind of thing? Because I think maybe the only way it gets into their conscience or their psyche is just reading about how it affects the fans. Yeah. I think more so than anything, it's Alabama lives rent-free in Georgia fans' head. Yep. Yeah, but not not quite as much with the players themselves.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that quite a bit cuz I mean that's the thing. As as fans, you suffer through everything 150% of the time. And if if it's a lifetime kind of thing, like if you were born uh, in near Athens or really just mainly in the state of Georgia like me, like being being born 15 minutes away from state college like it's it's just gonna be a lifer kind of thing. Like if if you enjoy college football and if you like that team, you're gonna stick through it and you're you're gonna feel all those things. As a college football player, absolutely not. Guess what? These players, if they were on the roster last year, have played Alabama once. Yeah. Not not all those times back well, with twice. the— Twice. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My bad. See, the SEC championship did happen. I, I we we talked about it last segment and said it didn't matter. So I mean, were they I,
0: basically the same games? Yeah. Yes. I just
1: kind of forgot about it. So, um. So yeah, they they played Alabama twice, and all that past history and and whatever else that's in the fans head or possibly even like you said maybe even in the coach's head because Kirby Smart yeah has has played Alabama more than twice and uh, he, he hasn't really been able to get over that hump against Alabama uh, recently so that that's probably more in his head than the coaches than the players themselves excuse me so yeah I, I'm with you there I think the only time it would live rent free in a player's head is if let's say it's a rival, and like it's Florida, and you've you're a senior, and they've beat you every single year that yeah. you've been in college, right? If if it's South Carolina and Clemson's beat you every single year that you're in college, and now you're a senior, that team starts to live free and rent free in your head. But if it's just, if if it's another great team, if it's anything really, they are in Georgia's head because the Georgia players and I'd say Alabama players, conversely, respect the heck out of them for how good they are and, and have to get ready, have to watch tape and, and get prepared for them uh, as, as they're getting set to play. So I think that's really that, that only motivating factor and and living rent-free or anything like that. I mean, I, that's kind of how, how I look at it too. Uh, listen, th- these guys have played yeah. it twice.
0: I think the best way to put it in perspective is Kirby Smart's first year at Georgia – was 2016. So, a vast majority of the roster that Georgia currently has was either in middle school or freshman's in high school yeah. when he first got right, there. Right, right. We're old. Jeez. Good. Yeah, you know, I mean, yes, but we also are humans. And so we're guilty of projecting our perspective on other people. Sure. And For nowhere sure. is that more prevalent than with what we believe college athletes are thinking. I just want everybody to stop and think what you were thinking about when you were nineteen and were you really worried about something like that?
1: Right. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. And that's the thing, like as fans you sit there and you experience all these different things and you're like, man, it's been fifteen years watching Alabama do all this stuff. Who, who, they they don't have that Who same. is that? What do you mean? What fan is that? What I fan mean, voice was that? Uh, just kinda it was just kind of generic, you know? Just that that
0: man is, is like almost certainly from Tifton.
1: Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, I, I, don't, I try not to bring out my, my uh, I'll call it southern voice very, very much, but I guess it kind of came out right there, my bad. But <laughs> <laughs> he's from middle Georgia without like, a doubt.
0: Without question. That
1: blue collar, man. He, he gets. Oh, I like him. Yeah, yeah. He's done with work at 3 o'clock because like, he he's, been, he is, he he's is, been up since 4 a.m. He is
0: at the coffee shop talking about the game.
1: Without it, yeah, yeah.
0: Like no questions asked. Absolutely. The coffee shop that's also the barber shop, which is right next to where you get your laundry done.
1: But you know who's not doing that and just regurgitating year all these different memories and <laughs> thoughts in their in yeah. and regrets in their yeah. head? Nineteen year olds who are getting ready to play out. Well, like, I
0: remember like, <laughs> I Nolan <laughs> Smith uh, just talked about this today. Uh, he said he was like sitting on the couch in high school with his mom watching the 2018 Rose Bowl. Yeah. Right. So it's just just uh, you know keep your own perspective. Absolutely. These guys out here, uh, they're more worried about not getting yelled at by their position coach than they are about 41 years of history. Let's be I honest. I can almost promise you that.
1: Some of them, like, even on Alabama's side, both sides, I'm not saying this is a disrespect. Like, yeah, they want to go out and win a national championship. Some of them are already like, man, I can be a top 10 draft pick. thousand percent. I just want to not get hurt. Like, I I, I want to go out oh, and show see, out. I, and I think and these not guys are going like, full
0: tilt in this game. I don't think there's any of that going well, on. Well,
1: yeah, for, but I mean, like, yeah. I'm just saying in the back of their head, like, but... Yeah, some of them are oh, yeah, thinking about are already that. Some of money, for in, sure. In the sense of, and like you said, you can't project your own, your own fan above, man, I'm giving 150% for Georgia to be able to win this game or Alabama to be able to win this game. Uh, but, because some of the play, like you said, some of the players are already getting ready, like, man, I could be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. Like, or a starting wide receiver in the NFL next year. I mean, some of them are already thinking yeah, about Jam- that. Yeah,
0: Jamison Williams just got bumped up to number one on Todd McShay's draft board. Ooh, really? Number one.
1: Goodness gracious!
0: The dude's pretty good, and he's, he's gonna all be, right. He, yeah. I mean, he was he was pretty good in that first in that first matchup in the SEC championship game. So we'll see how Georgia decides to cover them. We got we got a bunch more time to talk about this one before it comes up on Monday. We got to take a quick break here. We'll come back with more on second down after this. Got a big show coming up next on Three and Out. Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop breaking down the national championship. An interesting article in the AJC from our friend Mark Bradley he said. Stetson Bennett won't defend himself, so I will. We'll catch up with Mark Bradley <laughs> coming up in the three o'clock hour. As we mentioned, also going to hear from Sean Pender, head football coach at Brunswick High School, but also the former head coach uh, at Pierce County when Stetson Bennett was out there slinging the rock around in Blackshear. He's going to talk about two guys uh, that he has playing in that national championship Stetson Bennett and then Warren McClendon, the right tackle. But, I mean, PJ, a bunch of 912 guys making plays up there. Nolan Smith. Really, I think coming into his own uh, since the departure of Adam Anderson where they really relied on him and Robert Beale, And finally in that Michigan game, we got to see him just wreaking havoc in the backfield.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's doing huge things, and uh, I saw him making big plays down in, in the Georgia-Florida game as well uh, several weeks ago, so love to see him coming into his own, and le- yeah, like you said, love to see that, that local flavor uh, as well with this Georgia team, and just makes it even that much more impressive, uh, I'm sure uh, makes everybody around here even more proud uh, to see coastal Georgia-Savannah area, uh, guys going up in and. Doing great things for a national championship level football team, and uh, you know, obviously, like you said, you have McClendon, you have you have Bennett, you have uh, Smith there on the defense, and Pod lesney there Palesney, with, yep. with the kicker. So, I, I mean, just doing incredible things, and obviously, everyone around here super proud of them, and hoping they can bring it home.
0: We also released our all Savannah team yesterday. You can check that out on ESPNCoastal A bunch of amazing players on there. We'll have our Coastal Georgia team coming out soon but uh, one of the quarterbacks up there holding garner uh, he got a chance to go play in the under armor all-american game i believe three of six passes 46 yards through some darts Balls got wrecked a couple times by some five stars <laughs> you'll have that yeah that, yeah that he'll be seeing coming up in his days at auburn but so much more to come here in the transfer portal national championship coming up on monday we'll be breaking it all down and again three and out coming up next ben troop and kevin thomas talking georgia and alabama